Welcome to episode four of the Voices of Hope podcast with our final host introductory episode. Sally and Danielle have been friends for over a decade and are both married to men that experience same-sex attraction. They share the story of how they first connected and how important it was to find a friend that they could confide in, as they were both new to marriage. They go on to discuss how the Voices of Hope project impacted each of them and why they wanted to share their own perspectives and stories. With husbands that have actively sought out doing personal development, they describe the growth and self-awareness that has come from that. Each of these conversations has helped them look inwards and understand where they, in turn, needed to grow. Danielle also shares a story where she didn't feel that Ty needed her and how his response to that changed her perspective on their marriage. All of that and more on today's Voices of Hope podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Voices of Hope podcast. I'm Sally Ferguson. And I'm Danielle Mansfield. And we are third cousins once removed. Which is maybe the most important part of our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So Sally and I have known each other for, I think, over 10 years. It has to be over 10 years because you've been married for 10. Yeah. We both got married the same year in 2010. And we met when Sally and Garrett were engaged. So I'm married to Ty Mansfield. Sally's married to Garrett Ferguson. And we should go back. Let's go back to Lubbock. Okay, let's do it. That's okay. So Danielle was, oh gosh, where do we start? Well, I could do a little preface of how I ended up in Lubbock and then. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. How did we get to Lubbock? And then we'll say how we met. How did (laughs) we even get to Lubbock? It's Um, a good question for anyone that ends up there. Yes. And do you remember the joke about uh, people used to say, like, we used to tell people don't pray about moving to Lubbock because the answer is always yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) And when you get to Lubbock, you will think, oh my gosh, why am I here? Oh, wow. The people are amazing. And that is how Lubbock is. Yeah. So um, I ended up in Lubbock. Um, I was a single person just working. I had my MBA from BYU and I was working and yeah, I was just working in a job that I didn't love. And I reached out to um, Ty Mansfield, who was someone that I knew, to ask him about um, jobs in the field of therapy, which is what he was doing. Um, He was, at that time, he was at, he was in Lubbock at um, Texas Tech getting his PhD in marriage and family therapy. Mm -hmm. I reached out to him and wanted to know more about how to become a marriage and family therapist. He invited me on a date and we ended up married about six months later. So yep. that is how I got to love it. So, um, well, at what point did you move? Did you move in March? Like you moved when you were engaged, right? I moved in February, 2010 okay. to Lubbock. And then we were married in May, 2010. And I actually don't remember what month we met, but I think you and I, I do. met maybe in September? November. November. Okay. It's funny how we remember different things about yep. the story. Yep. <laughs> so my husband yep. already lived in Lubbock. He, we were dating. He was already at Tech. I lived in Dallas. And so we were kind of doing long distance. And then he told me about his same-sex attraction. And I think in the summer, so you guys were married, but... I don't even think Garrett knew Ty at that point. I think it was that summer after you got married that he started Googling things, found out about Ty, realized Ty was in his institute class and then kind of reached out. Yeah, that's the funny thing is I know Garrett has said that he felt really alone being um, an 
LDS guy who experienced same-sex attraction. And um, I totally remember him. I think he was the institute president at the time. Yeah. And yeah, I was in that sure. institute class with Ty. It was like something. <laughs> I didn't that know had, that. He never yeah. said that. I okay. never get mentioned in that part of the story. No. <laughs> but Ty and I were in an institute class with Garrett. And so when Garrett was Googling, looking for answers, Ty's picture popped up and and he was like, yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Little did he know. So, so yeah, so, so Garrett reached out and then a few months later, we, it was just, it was November. We were getting married in December and he was like, Hey, he had told me about you guys. And he was like, I want you to meet them. And I wasn't talking to anybody about the same sex attraction. I was just like, well, well, we're just going to get married, you know? And anyway, so we, I came out for a weekend and I didn't remember. I only remember being at your house at the little apartment. Yeah. And I remember, I remember because I was three months pregnant with our first child. Mm -hmm. Um, if it was November, I would have been three months pregnant. And the funny thing about it is I gain weight when I'm pregnant so quickly that I am super uncomfortable. And I knew here we are, we're meeting this couple that, you know, I just Garrett was basically an acquaintance at that time. I'd never met you. And I was feeling really self-conscious about what to wear. And I remember it was back in the day when those, there were these short sleeve puff sleeve shirts with all of the like lacy ridiculousness down the middle and like a huge strike like of it, laciness. Like it kind of looked like the down east ones. Yes. They used to sell it them. Even, it might have even been down east. I can't even I, remember. I know because my engagement pictures have that same oh, shirt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, I met Sally yeah. in a cream colored shirt like that with ties at the back because it was maternity. Like, and are we, are we British judges or are yeah. we like girls Wearing we don't, we don't just, even know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. What we're doing. So you were worried about what you were wearing and I can hardly remember. Yeah. And I just felt super uncomfortable in my body at that time because it was like changing so quickly. And did you um, talk to a lot of people at the time? Like, was this something you did all the time was meet couples no. or meet people? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. And we, I, I think you guys were the first couple that, you know, other than all of the friends that Ty already had that I yeah. had met. before we got married. And then when we got married, other than that, you guys were the first couple that I can remember meeting after we were married. And, um, I remember we went to dinner at a Thai restaurant in Lubbock called Thai Thai. Which something that everyone needs to know is that Lubbock has, is so weird and has the best Thai food on the planet. It does. I don't know why. It's like this small, tiny town in West Texas that is close to nothing. Like the closest big cities are about five to six hours away in every direction, yep. but not yep. anywhere close by. But their Thai food is amazing. And they're actually like run by Thai people. They have, I think, two really good Thai restaurants in that yeah. town. And now every loves. time I eat Thai food, I compare it to Thai food in Lubbock. It's ruined me. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. So, it's funny. so we go to Thai food. I probably was really nervous, but I was also so naive to like what I was getting into that I was like, okay, you know, but, but part of me was thinking like, okay, if like, if I like them and they seem functional, then this will just confirm that we're doing the right thing. I don't think I was looking for like, should I do this or should I not? But I was like, I really hope that this, like, they are people that I want to be like, you know, I think that's kind of what I went into it. Like, 
Yeah. And I don't remember a lot of details about that first meeting other than my own self-consciousness in my newly pregnant body. But yeah. I do remember that we loved you guys yeah, and that we loved you so much. We were like, there are houses for rent on our street. <laughs> on our street. Yeah. yeah, Actually apartments. They were four plexes. Um, four and we didn't have a place yet. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, move on our street, please. Yeah. And we did. And I awesome. remember being at your, at the, it was like these little townhomes. And I think after dinner, we went to, to keep talking at your place. And I think we went in the kitchen for something. And we, I just remember feeling like, oh, I really like Danielle. And we, do we all like, does she talk to all her friends like this? Because we pretty instantly were like, oh, I like kind of felt like kindred spirits, like just totally, I love talking to you and I just wanted to keep talking to you and nothing like profound. I feel like got said, except that like, we're doing our best and you guys can probably do your best too. You know, I just remember it was happy. It was a happy, it was so happy. Yeah. We felt like we had cool friends. Yeah. We were still so new as a married couple in Lubbock that we didn't really have very many married friends at all. You know what I remember? what <laughs> still I remember sitting on, on the couch and looking at Ty's swords and being like oh yeah hey, mm-hmm. he's got swords yeah. yeah he he has swords from growing up um for part of his childhood in Okinawa and he has Okinawan yeah. swords that are now not on display just because we don't want kids to have access but you to know swords. like when you get nervous and you like fixate on something during conversations yeah. I was like swords yeah, yeah swords <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. that that's where it started. And we moved on your street and, you know, for me, I feel like our friendship, it was such a gift. I was very like, once I got married, I was like, oh, now I feel like this is like, I feel pretty alone in this. Like I felt very different in my marriage, even though my marriage was totally fine and normal. It was like, but other people don't like, is this something that I didn't really understand it. And I, oh, I looked to you a lot for like peace of mind really of like, you really felt like such a great friend to just be myself with. Like, I felt like I could just instantly just be authentic with you and nothing was off the table. And it was one of the only places I could do that with or be that with. Yeah. And I feel the same. I mean, I was the older and wiser married person because I had been married seven months longer than you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it's true. Cause I think, um, when you, when you first get into a relationship like this, especially if you haven't been married before, there's so many things that you're like, is, is this, a thing? this normal? Is yeah. this like, what, what is never been, I had never been married. Right. You know, right. neither of us had ever yeah. been married to men before. And the men that we married whom we, yeah chose were both men who experienced same-sex attraction. Yeah. And so there's so many things in those early moments in engagement and in the yeah. early part of marriage where you're just still trying to figure out who is this person? Yeah. What is our relationship like? Where does the same-sex attraction play into it? Where does it not? What is yeah. like this all mean? And what are normal relationships like? And so I think it was nice to be able to have someone to talk to. And also yeah. we did have, um, other good friends who were in the area that we could talk to just about marriage in general, who were in, yeah. I don't even know what they're called, but like, you know, normal heterosexual, heteronormative, yeah, yeah. whatever marriages yeah. that we could talk to that could give perspective of, Oh, this is actually just a marriage thing. Yeah. Or this is 
a man thing or this is a personality thing or this is a me thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So those were some really, really tender, wonderful years. They were when we were all living in poverty <laughs> and just starting out our families. So then the Mansfields moved to the street behind us. It was sad. They weren't on the same street. They just moved one street over. So then we shared a fence and we did. Yeah. I so actually it was, think we were a little bit closer. We were. I think we were. Yeah. You could just cross the alley instead of go. It was at least 50 down. feet less. And I was like, this <laughs> saves me so much time. Yeah. You know? And we could just leave the back door unlocked and you yeah. could just come in anytime. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff. Something else I remember that was awesome was um, looking back is that we all talked so freely about this, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were Sunday nights and some week, most, mostly weekend nights when like Ty and Garrett were around that we would just talk and there were things said that I was like, oh, we can talk about this. Because before I, I went with almost a year after Garrett told me of just like, I don't know what to even say or who to talk to. So I'm just, I just like lived in my head with it. Yeah. And there was a lot of guidance there with the spirit, but I felt like it was suddenly like, oh yeah, we can talk about this. And that was so good for me to see, like, I don't have to be ashamed of this, you yeah. know? I don't know if that, that was definitely something for me, but. Yeah. I remember that was a really sweet time in Lubbock. Um, mm -hmm. I remember we started a group. There mm -hmm. were several people in our ward alone who experience same-sex attraction. I remember yep. we started that group that met maybe, was it once a month that we met? Remember we would get together with, um, yes. Jay. Yeah. So we had oh, this group of friends, right. kind of like, a, like a devotional group type of thing Yeah, where we would get together totally someone would that. share a message. I loved yeah. that. And, and I someone would so always, we would make a dessert yep. <laughs> and we would get together and play games. And it was really just like this time to come together with, people who had similar yeah. experiences to talk about it. Yeah. If people needed to talk about it or to just be friends, be together. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. loved that. Again, this place of like being authentic with each other. Yep. I loved you it know? so much. Remember when we played, um, murder in the dark. I think I, I remember. And I probably opted out cause I was probably too scared that I would spoons. get We had spoons and you had to like run around the house and then people would take your spoons and it was scary. Uh -huh. Dark. full <laughs> yes. on adults playing this game. We had so much fun with that group. It was a great time. Yeah, I forgot and I about think that. We even had it going after Gabe came along, and we would bring him and try to keep him out of people's stuff as we rotated from house to yep. house. As we, did I this. remember that. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's but really it fun. was. I think it was a really sweet time for us as we came to understand this issue a lot better, and we came to see like just statistically how many people in a given ward were experiencing some kind of a challenge yeah. or just, you know, some kind of issue with this either, you know, there are people who had friends who came because they were interested in, in learning more for their friend's sake. There were people who had children, people who had spouses, single people who came just for their own sake. Um, but it was a really sweet, sweet time where I feel like our hearts were knit together. Yeah, I do. I, I loved that. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Something else I feel like about Lubbock was neither one of us live there anymore, right? In fact, a lot of people within that group don't live there. But for that time, I feel like it gave us all some 
pieces that when we left, we could take with us to share with our new place. You know what I mean? Like when I left, I felt like I, and I, you guys left before us, we stayed a few more years after you guys moved to Utah and, and, but I felt like, I don't know, we all could, could leave and take a piece of that goodness Mm -hmm. and then share it with the new ward that we were in or the new group of people that we were going to associate with. Right. Yeah. And I think it gave us all courage to just be ourselves and be open with our struggles Mm -hmm. and to realize that most people, definitely not all people, but most people just want to love. Most people want to be a safe space for you to Mm -hmm. be yourself. Yeah. I remember in Lubbock sitting in your house and looking over the manuscripts for Voices of Hope with Ty. Yeah. And I think we were all reading the stories and it was going through like a last edit. And I think the video project was kind of being talked about and Ty was setting up like, okay, this is what it's going to look like. People are going to share videos. And I remember telling Ty, there's no way on this planet I will ever, ever do that. (laughs) Garrett and I went home. We were like, no way, you know? And he, I think Ty said something like, oh yeah, sure. Probably one day, probably next year, probably next summer. (laughs) He's like, we'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll be in touch. I know where you live. And that, that was in that apartment that I had a really sweet experience with the spirit that just told me that I also had a story to share. And so that's kind of where me and Garrett decided to get involved with Voices of Hope as well, was there in Lubbock. Yeah. I read a lot of the stories in the, I mean, I didn't read a lot of the stories. I read all of the stories in Voices yeah. of Hope during the editing process and and a lot of stories that never made it to the book. And yeah. hearing people's stories, hearing their individual experiences with the Savior, with the atonement, with the peace that can come from surrendering their themselves to the Lord and His will and trying to walk in His path, it was so sweet. Yeah. And to be honest, Ty gives so much of his life to this issue and to helping others that I really, I've always been just content to sit on the sidelines and just let him do his thing. And, and I've just felt like, uh, Ty puts in all the sacrifice for our family that we yeah. need to give. So honestly, it wasn't until you asked me, Sally, if I would do this with you that I thought, yes, I can totally do this with you because of our friendship and because of our experiences. I thought this is something that we, you and I can do together because I feel like you and I both are in such happy, solid places in our marriages. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a story to tell and to help others to tell around what it's like to be married to someone who experiences same-sex attraction what it means to be happy as individuals, period, what it means to be happy as individuals in a relationship with someone, and also to be able to get others of our friends to share their stories. There's lots of different stories to tell about other spouses. I think that we have, this could be our unique voice to let spouses share their stories because there's a lot of people who are in healthy places now who may have struggled at some time. And it's great to hear how the Lord worked on them or on their spouse for them to be able to get through whatever issues they have. And also there are sad stories where the marriage didn't work out, but how people have, friends of ours have since come out of that experience with testimonies still on fire and 
with yeah. the love of God in their hearts and feeling like the Lord lifted them through struggles that they had um, because of that. Yeah. You know, I think we both feel the same way about that, that there's, I'm so excited to share this perspective of this spouse perspective, because like you were saying, you were very content to let Ty kind of be that person in your family. Right. And I feel like I pretty similarly, I feel like Garrett does a lot with this because I'm like, well, that's his thing. I can like be supportive of him doing that. But at the same time, there's been so much like self-development and personal growth for me because of Garrett's same-sex attraction. And a lot of it like has to do with that, but also doesn't have to do with that. It's helped me grow closer to Christ in really unique ways. And I'm really excited to share that and to hear how that affects other people too. Like you're saying, there's lots of marriages and lots of different, um, I think it just affects people differently than I think our audience really would not think about. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a different experience than what most people guess. I mean, if anyone sees me, it's, there's no question that I have, I have fake eyelashes, but I just was at my lash appointment earlier today and I was just talking to- You look incredible, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) I was talking to um, the girl that does my lashes just about some I don't even know how we got onto the topic, but it was around same-sex attraction, about relationships, about marriage. And there were so many things that to me seem very basic or normal, especially because I've been married to Ty for 11 years. And she kept saying, oh my gosh, I've never thought of it that way. And she is an LDS girl, served a mission, married um, in the temple. And yet there's still different things that she just hasn't been exposed to that have she doesn't have the perspective on that. I think yeah. a lot of people within this, within this experience, actually, you just don't know until you actually hear firsthand stories. And, you know, going into this, I was thinking maybe we should talk about all the frequently asked questions people ask us, because as you know, I think Danielle, both and I could probably write a book about the things people ask us having to do with our marriage, right? Like, tell me about this, or how does this work? Or what does this look like? And honestly, part of me is like, a lot of those are just like misconceptions or assumptions people make based on things that they just perceive about, you know, this issue. And I don't know. I I don't know if that's super productive because. Yeah. You know, it might, it might help to just get some things out of the way, but um, I think one of the things that might help is if you and I share our story of how we met our husbands and how we came to an understanding of, understanding what their same sex attraction was and what it wasn't. And maybe just share a little bit about that. Garrett and I knew each other for short version is we knew each other for two and a half years before we started dating. Um, in college, we met when I was a freshman, he came back from his mission and just the timing wasn't right. I always thought he was such a great guy. And I remember thinking at times like that Garrett, he's pretty cool. And like, he seems to have his head on straight and I really like him. And but I had a boyfriend and anyway, so, you know, a few years later we had done a couple summer camps together and just the stars aligned and we started dating. And when we started dating, we both kind of knew like, we're already friends. We're just going to see like, maybe if we could make this work and get married. So Garrett seemed to be a lot more nervous about us dating than I was. And I think for looking back, it was him thinking like, I've tried to date a lot of girls 
And he had this really strong desire to get married to a woman. And it just was like, at that point, I did not know that he had decided that he was totally fine, never getting married. And so when we started dating, he was like, well, this is just like, it's either going to work or it's not. And I'm fine with either way. Right. So after a few months of dating, he told me that he loved me and that he wanted to marry me and that he also experienced same-sex attraction. And I actually remember very little about that conversation. And I think part of me just thought like, okay, like you're telling me you want to marry me, but you also like, are you gay? Are you, there was a lot of questions, but also I just didn't know how to ask them, you know? Anyway, so it's so new that you yeah. aren't even really sure. Like you don't, you yeah. don't even know. It's like, okay. It's like when I went into, um, my appointments when I was pregnant with Gabe, our first child yeah. and the OB would say to me, so what questions do you have for me? And I would say, what questions am I supposed to have? What am I like, supposed to ask? I have I a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Like, what am I, I can I ask? And I think that's how it was. Like it's totally. in this situation, you're just like, uh, I'm not, uh, cool. I'm not even sure what questions I need to have, but there's a lot of things going on in my head right now. If you could ask me at 11 o'clock at night while I'm going to sleep and all the questions are rolling through my head, <laughs> then I'll have the questions for you. But yeah, but yeah, it was very much like, Okay. I have no idea what to ask or where to go. So, and we were long distance. So he told me in person, but then left. And I, after he left, I was like, I don't even know what this means, but I felt like Garrett was very genuine and very authentic. His testimony was really unique. Like I felt like he had, what impressed me about him was that he was very intentional about who he was. Right. And I was like, I don't feel like he's lying to me about who he is. And so we just kept moving forward and it felt good. And anyway, he was kind of unsure too. Like he hadn't really done a lot of like, what is this? He went on a mission and you know, the feelings had always been there. And it wasn't until we were engaged that he started kind of asking more questions of like, what does this mean for me? Is this possible for me to be married to a woman? And so honestly, I feel like Garrett and I started growing kind of at the same time with this, right? As he discovered things, he told me, right? He would learn something new about himself. He would tell me, right? So we kind of grew in this together. Like obviously he had his growing up experiences, right? But as he really did a lot of like personal, like deep personal work, I got to experience that with him, which also made me look at myself, right? And so I realized that like, I remember, and I did share this in my video, but right before we got married, I was so like sudden, like literally the day before, like, what if you like wake up and you don't want to be married to me? What if you want to be married to a man? It was like really settling into my brain that I was about to marry him. And I was very unsure about this. It was the 11 o'clock at night questions, right? That were coming in my head. And he just brought the questions right back to me. He was like, well, you could also make that choice. Like, what if you don't want to be married to me in a couple of weeks? You know? which was so silly of me to even think like, and something my dad told me when we told my parents was we didn't tell them till after we were married, but my dad was really simple and just said, you need to trust Garrett. And I have thought about that for years. That's something that always comes back to me. is like, Garrett is real. You always felt like you were attracted to his authenticity and you need to trust that he is going to be real with you, you know? And so he always has been, and it hasn't always been like, like his same sex attraction. It's hard to even explain how it plays into our marriage, but 
honestly, it's like Garrett has that and I have my things and watching him grow and learn and become the person he wants to be and even grow more comfortable with his same sex attraction, right? That I have also kind of tried to mirror that with myself. It honestly brings up more in me because I'm like, wow, you're so self-aware. You're so like in tune with these feelings. Like, have I even thought about that? You know, like those things with myself that it has kind of, for me, I feel like it's been such a gift to push me to look at myself deeper. I totally agree. I remember in the first year of marriage, I think it was just thinking to myself, feeling a little sad for um, some of my other friends who were married yeah. to straight guys. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought there's something about being in this place where you very definitively point your feet towards the Savior. And then your goal is for you to be the healthiest you can be and to seek to progress. And I just thought, this is amazing that like yeah. we're in this experience. I don't know if you remember, I went on that one experiential weekend. Yeah. It was probably I remember yeah, seven, seven months into my pregnancy with Gabriel. So we had been married, Ty and I had been married maybe like nine, 10 months, something like that. And I went on this weekend and I remember thinking when I came back, how the community of people, of LDS people who have some sort of experience with same-sex attraction or other issues is really focused on being spiritually in tune, being connected mm-hmm. to the Savior and progressing, wanting to be the best version of themselves mm-hmm. that they can be. There was always talk of doing your own work, looking at yeah. yourself and seeing what's going on with you so that you can work on your own past trauma, your own turmoil, whatever it is that's a hang up for you in your life. And I really think that there are not a lot of communities like that, where this is such a focus of being as healthy as you possibly can be, yeah. because if you're not healthy, you won't make it. Yeah. You just won't. Yeah. I has always been so incredible to me. The way that Garrett has centered, tries to center his life on Jesus Christ. Right. In ways that I'm like, I should do that, you know, but it honestly, he does that because of his same sex attraction. Like that's what draws him to this, like what you're saying, like bettering yourself and aligning yourself with Jesus Christ so that you can point yourself towards him, right? The best way you can, right? I mean, that's like that. That's like that with many people within this community. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I remember in college feeling, I was talking to a friend. I later found out that he struggled with pornography, just a straight guy that Mm -hmm. I was friends with. I remember talking to him in college about how I felt like if I was not constantly vigilant with my spiritual life, if I was not constantly praying, constantly reading my scriptures, doing what I needed to do, it would not take much for me to fall into a total spiritual mess. Mm-hmm. And my friend agreed that he felt the same way. And at times it was really frustrating to us that we couldn't coast, that we couldn't just, yeah. um, yeah. we couldn't just be like lazy and, you know, blow everything off and just you know, do what some friends seem to be able to do. But it was something like having our own issues, our own like 
spiritual cruxes that we had to face made it so that we constantly had to turn to the Lord and rely on the Lord. It's like the saying that people say, either you're moving forward or you're moving backwards in relation to God. There is no in between. And I really felt that acutely with my own issues, my own struggles and challenges. And I feel like this is one of those where you do, like, it's not like, oh, we're just like white knuckling it, scraping to get by. It's not like that at all. I have a very happy life. I do actually coast some days. Yeah. A lot of days, let's be honest. Yeah. But um, but it's the at the same time, in order to understand the sacrifices that were made by Ty initially, where he felt like this was a part of himself that was very real. And in order to place that on the altar and to, in order to follow the Lord, in order to make those kinds of sacrifices and to understand those sacrifices and to keep those sacrifices in the sacred place that you want them to be and to honor those you do have to stay close to the Lord. Otherwise you start to forget what it was all for. And, you know, I heard something really interesting too, because I think like there are lots of situations, you know, marriages like ours that struggle. There's different, you know, people find out later in their marriage, right? There's a lot, there can be a lot of hurt with this, but something I heard a friend say the other day was she has her husband experiences um, same-sex attraction and they really struggled for a long time. And she said she always wondered like how she would know if like it was the right time to make a change in their marriage or do something different or leave. Right. And she said, as she centered her life on Jesus Christ, she felt like there was no question of like, if she would know, or if she wouldn't know, like she felt like the savior would guide her. And I, I was thinking about that as you made that comment, because, you know, I, I can't predict everybody's situations and what will come up. Yeah. And like, like you're saying, like, there's definitely days you coast, but like, there's like a trajectory in your life that you can line up so that on the days that you are coasting, that you're still kind of coasting towards that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's very true. I think that's the purpose of, um, or not necessarily the purpose, but that's a very real part of our mortal experience is that we all yeah. have these situations that are designed to bring us to our savior. Yeah. And a lot of times there's not such, the consequences of not coming to your savior are not so drastic as they could be in a situation like this, where you can forget how sweet yeah. the gospel feels and start chasing after something else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your experience with understanding this issue. Well, to start at the beginning, I knew who Ty was when he was a freshman in college in the later 90s. He sang in BYU's men's chorus with my brother, and I thought he was cute. He did two solos that year, I think. And, you know, we were totally men's chorus groupies back in the day. We would actually go to their practices and sit in on those. And, um, we loved BYU's men's course. They were amazing. And Ty stood out to me. He just seemed really sweet. There was just something very sweet about him. And he was also really good looking. (laughs) And, um, so, you know, I was really shy at the time. I was pretty overweight at the time. And I, you know, I just admired him from afar 
But he became friends with my brother and friends with my other siblings. And I knew they were friends and didn't think much of it. Um, years went on, you know, we all left, went our own ways with BYU. And I remember seeing a book in Desert Book from across the room mm-hmm. and the cover caught my eye. Um, and I walked over to it and it was in quiet desperation. Um, and it was by Ty Mansfield. And I remember that was kind of how I found out. I mean, it wasn't kind of how that was how I found out about <laughs> Ty's experience with same sex attraction was he wrote a book. And at the time that was like the only book. Yeah, it was the book. Was, I had never yeah. heard of any other LDS person mm-hmm. talking about it openly mm-hmm. other than to say, you know, all the kinds of negative stereotypical things that you would hear in the eighties right. and nineties about homosexuality from a lack of understanding the issue. Right. So Ty wrote his book, I think well, that was in 2005 or something. And, um, you know, we bought it, me and my siblings, and we read it. And, and that was that. And then fast forward to, I think, maybe two years. No, I guess it was just one year in 2006. Um, I ran into Ty in a store. Um, he was back in Provo doing his prereqs for grad school. And I was just starting grad school. And we ran into each other in a store. We chatted a little bit. Okay, wait, wait. It was Bed Bath & Beyond, right? It was Bed Bath & Beyond. I know that that's one of Ty's favorite stores. <laughs> yes. I told him the other day that I thought it closed down for good. And of course I was wrong. And he was... Did you panic? <laughs> he, he, he just didn't believe me. And we went, <laughs> we went to the store and I was wrong. And he went inside and it was all fine. But... um. You know, in me and Ty's relationship, I would say 98% of the time when there are arguments and someone's right and someone's wrong, Ty's right and I'm wrong. And I wish it were not that way, but it is. He's usually right. And he was in the case of Bed Bath. There's a lot of data after 10 years. Yeah. And it does not go to my favor. So yeah, yeah. he's usually right. So we ran into each other at Bed Bath & Beyond and we chatted for maybe like less than five minutes. But the funny thing about it is he then was, he lived in the house that we moved into later after we were married. He lived in this neighborhood where grad students live and did his year of prereqs while I also hung out in that neighborhood all the time with people in that ward. All of my grad school friends, like most of them lived in that neighborhood and in that area. And I never saw him again. I didn't see him again that whole entire year. And I even would hang out at the house underneath his because I knew those girls never saw him. So um, then, you know, we fast forward to 2009 and I, we had talked a little bit on Facebook and I really did not like my job. I was working in business at that time. I hated it. It was not my thing. And, um, so I reached out to him and, and just asked him, like, can you tell me a little bit about the path to becoming a marriage and family therapist? And he was like in the middle of, you know, finals and things like that. I think it was December or the end of November when I reached out to him and he just said, let's talk about it when we're both home in Utah. I was in Austin, Texas at the time, just living with one of my friends. My job was virtual. So, he just said, let's talk about it. I'll take you out for dinner for your birthday. When I'm back in town, we can talk about it then. Well, we never talked about it ever. We didn't talk about it. What we ended up doing was going on a date and then another date and another date. 
And all this time, I had no idea that he was actually interested in dating me because I had read the book. I right. knew about I knew right. about the gayness, you know, like Did you he's think gay. about that a lot when you were at dinner? Were you like, I'm at dinner with the gay guy? No, I actually didn't. I just thought you I'm were at like dinner at with- dinner with Ty. I was at dinner with Ty Mansfield. And you were having and a I great time. Yep. I didn't think about his sexuality at all. I didn't think about yeah. who he thought was attractive. We were just talking and I felt yeah. really like he really heard me and that he was so, he was a great listener and yeah. I just felt really connected to him. And, and it's funny because I liked someone at that time. Um, and I remember thinking, I wonder if I could teach this person to be more like Ty. <laughs> Um, because you know, Ty's gay. So, you know, whatever. And, but that's what I thought. I just thought I really love being around him. I would think about him when we weren't together. It was a really short Christmas break, but during the days when I didn't see him, I thought about him. And the funny thing is at that time, you know, that month of December, 2009 was probably my best dating month of my life. I had several guys who I thought were really high caliber quality guys take me on dates that month. And, and then Ty asked me out and then he asked me out again and he asked me out again. And I started to feel like, you know, there were some things that made me realize he was actually asking me out to date me. And I started to feel towards the end of his time when he was about ready to go to Texas, like this deep sadness, like, I just really wanted him to like me. I didn't care about the other guys anymore. I wanted Ty to like me. And I felt really sad that he didn't like me. So I sent him this card because he'd never expressed anything. Even though we'd been going on all these dates, he'd never, we'd never defined the relationship. So I sent him a card that I, I don't know if he still has it, but I definitely don't want to read it because it's embarrassing to me. (laughs) Um, Where I basically just said, you know, I just, kind of wish you liked me. Okay. Now that I know Ty, this is very much Ty. I think he called me and he was just like, okay, well, I got your card. Why don't we go out? Because Ty doesn't have these kind of conversations over phone or or over text. So he, (laughs) you know, it's funny. He said, I'm coming down to Provo. He was staying up in Salt Lake. He said, I'm coming down to Provo. Let's go to dinner, whatever. And let's talk. And we ended up getting together and talking. And he's like, what did you mean in your card? And I said, well, I wanted you to like me. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, I wanted you to like me the way a guy likes a girl, (laughs) something along those lines. And he said, what if I do? And I said, no, but I, I mean, I wanted you to like, like me, like me. And he said, what if I do? And then we're just like both sitting there and I was like, oh, I had it. Oh gosh. Possibility. (laughs) Then we just talked about how we wanted to date. We wanted to see where things went. And then he went back to Texas. And so the whole process of me coming to an understanding of what this How come both meant. of our stories have both of them leaving right after? And we have to like <laughs> sit and think about it. <laughs> and then I'm going back to school. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's actually probably good because it did cause us it to is. stop and think. Yeah. We had to think. Yeah. And um, by myself. Yeah. I'm by yeah. myself. I'm thinking it's For just sure. me and God talking about this person that I want to yeah. date. So Ty went back to Texas and I decided that I needed to go out there. Let's just condense this story. We basically ended up getting engaged and it all happened so quickly where 
we didn't get engaged on that trip. We ended up getting engaged after I came back over the phone when we were just talking about things because, you know, that's just how it worked for us. Right. Right. We, we got engaged over the phone and then he came up to Utah a week later to help me move down to Texas. Um, so that we could just be in the same place, the same location. And it was during that time where I had to like, it was like a crash course in understanding what it meant to be in a relationship with Ty Mansfield and what it meant to be in a relationship with someone who experienced same-sex attraction. And the truth of the matter is it's different for every single person in every relationship. But for me, I had to understand it and um, I had to learn what that meant. And that meant having hard conversations and a lot of them. Are you going to tell a story about, I think you need to share the one where he said, I don't need you. Oh yeah. I think that really shows like what that would be like to be engaged with him. Yeah. So, so I moved down there. Ty is in grad school. He's in his first year of his PhD and he was just really busy all the time, really stressed, trying to get things done. Meanwhile, I'm like transplanted into this place where I don't really know anybody. And I knew his roommate, or I knew my roommate, which was one of his friends that he connected me with, a girl that he'd gone to his master's degree with. And I just felt kind of like, what is my place here? I felt a little yeah. bit lost. And I would go over to his house and want to do nice things for him, but his house was always clean. So it wasn't (laughs) like I could clean anything. He kept a really tidy house. I mean, his food wasn't gourmet, but he cooked for himself and it was good. Like he was a, a good cook. And so I just felt like, what is my place here? Like, what do I have to give to him? Like, he doesn't need any of this. And I actually asked him that. I said, I actually said something to him about that. I, You know, in my past relationships, I had always found a way to endear myself to the guy. You know, yeah. like, yep. maybe I was like a really good cook. I would like help him remember things. You know, I did help one, yeah. one friend to, I motivated him to finally get his degree you know, there was always like a a place for me in the relationship. And I felt like here, there's no real place for me. And I remember saying to him, I feel like you don't really need me. And I was surprised by his answer, but he came back and said, I don't, I don't need you. I want you. And it kind of just blew my mind, like this understanding of like what this relationship was for him, that he wasn't looking for someone to fulfill a specific need or to complete him or fit into his life in any kind of a way that would make his life, you know, fulfilled. He was actually just, he loved me. He wanted to be with me. He wanted to build a life with me. He wanted me. He didn't yeah. need me. And it really just kind of changed a lot of things about dating Ty, being engaged to Ty, and then being married to Ty have changed my understanding of what love really is yeah, and what love really means. And so, yeah, that was like one of the first experiences that I had with him that really started to shift my understanding of what love was and what love could actually be the difference between needing someone desperately or wanting someone in some kind of a sexual way so much so that they could gratify you versus wanting to be with a person because you loved their soul and because you wanted to continue to love them and be with them. 
But yeah, there were a lot of different conversations we had to have when we were engaged. And that's where a lot of my understanding of what it would mean um, actually came in. I remember I didn't actually, you know, we got engaged so quickly. I felt like I loved him and I felt like I wanted to be with him, but I didn't even understand what that would actually mean. Right. And I remember one night actually sitting down with him and just saying, you know, do you actually like me? Do you even want to have sex with me? Yeah. And I mean, we take that for granted. It's a very vulnerable thing to ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's scary to ask that. Yeah. And a lot of times people just take that for granted that like, I'm in a relationship with this person, of course, like our sex life is going to be awesome. And then you get married and you realize that like, there's a lot of issues you have to work through before. And that's the same for, uh, you know, SSA, non-SSA marriages. You know what I mean? Totally. There's so many people who, yeah, like they never really discuss it before they're married. And then on their honeymoon night, when things are not exactly what they imagine them to be, they're left feeling like this sense of disappointment instead. And so it was really great that we had to have those discussions and he did want to have sex with me. We would try to <laughs> conceive children in the normal way. I honestly wasn't sure before that. Yeah. I didn't know I loved him. I wanted to be with him. I wanted to marry him for eternity, but I didn't know what it meant. And so just like having those discussions and working through all those things, you know, and we still have hard discussions today, not not necessarily about same-sex yeah. attraction, but about other issues that come up in marriage. But don't um, you think that these conversations that you had before marriage, which... I had similar things were really set up the marriage to continue to have those conversations. It wasn't like five years into it. We were like, we've never had a hard conversation. Now I'm really scared to tell you these things. I've never told you something. Right. Like, I feel like that gave us our marriage a little bit of an advantage, if I could say so, of like, we weren't afraid to talk about things. Right. Yeah. I agree completely. And I actually felt that early in our marriage, I realized that here was this thing, like I had seen other married couples that I, I was sure were not having these kinds of discussions because of like, you know, noticeable dysfunction in their relationships. And I felt like it was actually kind of a gift to be able to, or to have to sit down and like crack your soul open and just say, Hey, I'm just wondering, like, do you like me? Check yes or no. Yeah. I, I remember someone told me, uh, my aunt said to me, you guys are years ahead of where we were when we got married. And I remember thinking, what does that even mean? Cause we just talk, you know, but right. I think what she was implying was the honesty and the level of trust you have with each other is just, I don't want to say mature. Cause I'm never going to say that I'm like a super mature person, but it was <laughs> different. I think than like a newlywed marriage. Yeah, for sure. That I had experienced, that I had seen, right? I'm sure there are, but it definitely threw us into a place of like talking. Right. You know, I will say too, though, that it also, for us at least, it put us into a place of a more mature love earlier than it would have otherwise, because there's so much like infatuation and Twitter patient that happens. And I think the uh, shelf life for that is about two years. And we kind of skipped that phase because like so much of what's created or so much of how the infatuation is created is from not knowing each other. Yeah. And like the unknown and like the risk of being in a relationship with this person. And 
we didn't go into it. Uh, there's obvious risk, but we didn't go into it with this like silly, like, Oh, I like you kind of a thing. It was just like, yeah. let's talk about this. What does this mean? What does this mean to build our lives together? And so we immediately had to jump into the deep end, so to speak with our feelings and with yeah. understanding like what all of it would mean. And the truth of the matter is that what all of it meant was that we were going to determine what it looked yeah. like. We were going yeah. to work together to figure out how do we grow this and how do we create from this what we want out of life, which is so beautiful to be experiencing that early in a marriage versus 15 years in being like, okay, now what? Now what do we do? From yeah. the very beginning, it's been this conversation of what are we building together? And I, and it's, and you choose that right? You choose what that's going to look like. And I think I say this often that marriage is a choice and people have heard that, but I think it's a beautiful choice that you make every day. And that, that we started doing that early on is like, we are choosing each other, right. And choosing to be real with each other. And sometimes it, it actually was so helpful because, you know, when we first got married, I was so I just didn't know much about this topic and even Garrett's experience. Like he was, he had told me so much and I only knew that much. Right. And I feel like I had a lot of personal growth that I needed to go through in our marriage. And I have in the last 10 years and I'm still going through. And because of those, that early tone of being comfortable talking with each other, like it gave me place to feel comfortable doing some personal growth, right? It wasn't scary when I was like, Garrett, I, I need to do some work on myself. And it didn't make him feel like, Oh, what's this going to be like? Right. It was like, yeah, we can do that together. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like I actually said this recently. I feel like when Ty and I got married, I feel like Ty is the only person I could have married and been happy with. And I don't think, <laughs> yeah. that's, I don't think that's true for most people, yeah. but I feel like for me, I needed to marry Ty. And I feel like because I married Ty, I could actually be happy with a lot of people now because yeah. of the growth that has come. But he was so great with me and my weaknesses. And he still is so great with my own personal brand of weakness and struggles and insecurities from the very beginning, from our very first day that we went to dinner he was so good at hearing me and seeing me in my mess and loving me yeah. in that place, which then allowed me to like, to be able to look at that, to look at yeah. myself and look at my weakness instead of shying away from it and being afraid of it because this other person was willing to be in there with me and love me in there, then I could also be there and be able to work on the mess and actually yeah. work through it and become a better person because of that. And I think hundred percent, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I just feel like I am a very different person, not to sound cheesy, but I am a very different person now than I was 11 years ago because of Ty Mansfield's love for me. That's so Completely. special. I think I could say the same about my experience in my marriage, it has changed me. It has made me a better person. It has brought me closer to the savior. It has helped me to want to ask the questions of who I am and who I am in relation to God. And, and I don't think I would have asked those things. I don't think I would have been where I am without that. 
right? I'm a much better person. And I'm so grateful for my marriage. I am too. I'm so grateful. I can't. It's hard to even say that in words because it feels so special to me. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to honor that this is my experience and this is your experience. Right. And I'm not, I don't want to say that my marriage is this cakewalk because there's struggle and there is hard, but I love doing that with Garrett. I feel so safe having struggle with him. Yes. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else I can add other than that is, that is totally true. I think this, the same sex attraction, the marriage, all of it has been part of a beautiful experience that is still at the very beginning of our lives. Yeah, right, seriously, middle we're age, all, middle age. We're only ten years into this, so. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: we we probably have to wrap up soon, but I'm so excited to do this with you, Danielle. I could chat with you all day, and I'm excited that people get to be part of our conversations, and also a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I feel the same way. I'm I'm really grateful that we're doing this together because I love you so much, and life is so busy with our combined nine little children that it would be easy to just keep barreling through the crazy. But this gives us a chance to pause even more to pause and just have these great conversations. Yeah. And I think Danielle and I would agree with this, that we are, we want to help other people share their experiences too, because we've grown so much from other people's. We want to hear these. So we're hoping that this will be a good safe space for you to learn, to grow, to understand, to get questions answered, to just be here with us. So I, I don't know, I guess stay tuned for what's to come for our episodes. Yeah. More good things. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us and we will see you next time. See you soon. Mm -hmm.